Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Um, by the way, I'm recording it now, but whatever, man, I can, uh, if the listener, if, oh. I, if I think, if, I think if, if we start talking about stuff, which, you know, we don't really want people to hear, <laughs> I'll just get <laughs> it out. <laughs> Let's yeah, yeah. Rolling, mate. So, um, yeah, what's going on then? Anyway, seriously, what's, um, what was going to say? You, you off work today. How can you dress like a, a criminal? I was <laughs> 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 dressed pretty sharp. I got a snap back. Oh, you are, mate, to be honest. What, you wear that to the gym gray, or? A grey prison t shirt. <laughs> and no, just, I just wear it around when I just, uh, my hair's looking a bit messy and I'm for the barber. You're looking like a hopper. proper American now, mate. I think for real. Like. As long as my accent doesn't change, I actually have to do um, uh, lessons on a neutral American accent. So I'm going to be starting that soon as well for like commercials. Commercial oh, acting. Right. Okay. So I'm hoping not to lose my British one, but we'll see. Yeah, man. I was going to say. Be, uh, Go on. It could, you know, I thought it would be an advantage uh, having a British accent over here with regards to that, but it could be a bit of a disadvantage. So I may have to uh, step my game up a little bit with my America. Yes, it, it could be good and bad, but I would say more. Uh, more am I still there? Sorry, I think I just cut the video off. Um, yeah, no, I, I would have thought like, you know, what's it called? Yeah, like the, it, I mean, you, it, it makes you unique, doesn't it? Having the British accent, like especially mm-hmm. a Welsh accent, it's it's different, isn't it? It's good, man. Yeah. And I get right back. Um, my name's my name's Andrew Bond. It's like uh, you know, Jay, you know, Jay's Bond, the movie star. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I start every conversation. Man. Yeah, everyone loves the last name, though, but I'm used to it, so I just don't. You know, I don't I use it to my advantage. Yes, that's it. But when people, my last name is Bond, and there's comments made every time. You know. Oh my god! Like, is that like Bond? Like, oh my god! Like James Bond? Is that what they're like? <laughs> yeah, like I was in Vegas. You remember by the pool? Yeah. But you, know, you guys model. <laughs> oh my god! Like you guys totally work out. No, but what are we saying then? Seriously, yeah. So, the, um, how are you getting on anyway, with the modeling stuff, man? With uh, Wilhelmina, any movement? It's pretty good, man. I've been in a, a magazine or two uh, lately, so nice. Bro. It's been exciting. I'm still obviously want more, but um, I'm, I'm, it's a work in progress, I guess. It's uh, I'm booking a lot of test shoots uh, this month. You know, in a way, like a test shoot is where you go and work with a photographer and do different type of. Uh, uh, different type of looks, I guess, clothing looks, commercial, fitness, um, nice. just to build up your portfolio yeah. and just improve your confidence behind the camera because it's all relatively new to me. So I'm still learning, going through the process. Yeah, of course. Uh, hoping to get like a big shoot soon. If I can get like a Nike, Adidas or something like that, that'd be awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I kind of take it as a blessing. Like I last year, I just thought this wasn't going to happen. Um, got signed to Wilhelmina. And so I've had opportunities ever since. So I'm happy that I've actually I've actually come to New York and that I've landed a job or two. Mate, that's that's definitely a goal of mine. But yeah, that's good goal, man. Nice. Well, look yes. where you were though, mate. You got You got to like look. Um, what's, it, what's that quote, man? It's one of my one of my uh, new Instagram posts, actually, mate. I forgot it. What my like? Um, no, I was gonna say, yeah, like you know, silver models. Remember that, mate? Like hmm. I came over there just for the listeners. I came over there, obviously, and then. Uh, got a bit excited landed that modeling contract and then i was going to move out there i was going to move out to new york 
Uh, that was the plan to live out there. And then, obviously, I didn't get the working visa. Didn't work out for me. But that silver models turned out to be a nightmare. Like I, I, I know they're like, even if they are listening, who cares? Um, they're a nightmare. <laughs> but mate, to sign to step your game up, I mean, you've literally just like catapulted to the top, haven't you? Really, going from there to Wilhelmina. So happy days, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot of competition in New York, but I guess that's the challenge I want. Like, I need, you know, so um, for me, like, most of my training now is, is kind of geared towards that, like, becoming a top model. Um, obviously, focusing on health as well, which becomes easier, but I'm still tuning myself in for different shoots, experimenting with different ways to do that. And I'm enjoying the process as well, Mark, to be honest. Nice, mate. Nice. I was going to say uh, about the modeling stuff. I've I should be signing with another company called uh, called Wink Models. They're mm-hmm. pretty pretty big here actually. So I've got a meeting with them next right. week. But yeah, the summertime, summer here now, mate. This mate today was literally like the hottest day, mate. It was like thirty five degrees, but it was like it's like a warm breeze. So normally it's yeah. like a cool breeze from the coast, but mate, it was so hot. It was a boiling right. hot. It was like Vegas heat, mate. You know, in Vegas nice. when we walking when we walking around hungover, though, feeling like shit. And that yeah. like boiling breeze, and then you go inside, and the air can't hit you. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like here, mate. It's, uh... So anyway, I was just going to say, yeah, in the summer no it gets busy with the modeling stuff. What's that? No complaints. No complaints, mate. What's it like there, man? Is it uh, is it cold like being October in M- NYC? Really, really warm at the moment for some reason. It's uh, it's been a little chilly, and this week for the end of the week, it's, it's picked back up again. Man. So it's uh, kind of teases you in ways. New York weather, it can be funny. Mm. Like I'm not going to complain about any hot weather, man, because I. I, I know I've complained about the winter here before, mm. but it's something you can't get used to. Like it's a biting cold. Yeah, exactly. Like you can wrap it as warm as you want, and it just it gets you every time. The snow comes, and it's hard to walk around. It'd be easier if you were just driving in the car all the time, but unfortunately, you've got to go to work on the train. You've got to walk 15, 20 minutes as well, so it's, it's a tough old slog in winter. So I kind of forget about it during summertime, because summertime's so nice. Mm. Springtime's so nice, and then when winter hits, it's a killer, honestly. Mm. Mate, do you know what, though? I went Obviously, I went home, and... I went home for like 11 days. So obviously me and Andrew are both from Wales. So I went back to Cardiff. I was only there for like nine days. Like it was, yeah. it was long enough. I could have done longer. I, I obviously wanted to spend more time with my uh, family and friends. But yeah, at the same time, I saw everyone. I saw all the boys like several times. And you just realize yeah. when you go back, you've only really got like a small circle, right? Did you realize that yourself? Because you moved over to uh, Oz and then America. Do you realize that yourself? When you go back, you only see like selected, I don't like, no, just disrespect yeah. the people who are who are friends, but you mean like you only see the people who are really close to you, don't you? Mm, definitely, mate. And uh, how do you feel about going home? Like, do you? I was going to ask you actually. Obviously, you you cherish time, and you mentioned on your Instagram post you cherish time with family and friends. Mm. Like, do you miss home at all, or you you know do you feel at home in Osna? Mate, I'm not going to lie, man. I do, I do miss home a bit. I do. I, I it made me appreciate it much more. Like going back, yeah. it just made me appreciate. You know, where we're from, it's not too bad a place, mate. You know what I mean? I, I was Cardiff, yeah. capital of Wales. It's, it's, a, it's an awesome city. But as we've said before, like, you know, it's more opportunity in places like London. Now, what I, what mm. I was thinking is, like, I was I was a bit sad to come back because I, I kind of, I was loving London. And we were only there for, like, two nights. And I forgot how right. awesome of a city London is, man. Mm. What, what's, what's your thoughts on London? Because you live in New York now. It's the same sort of thing with the hustle and bustle. Like, I love, mates, yeah. like... That's one thing that I think, no disrespect to Sydney, like it's amazing, mate, yeah. but it's more like, it's huge. It's more like a, it's more like a big town. Like the city's not, yeah. it's not like as dense not as London and New York. No, mate. Like, do you know, that? like some people hate it, right? But you, you must yeah. like it, bro. You've lived there for like, what, how long? 
and it's probably coming up to four, well, five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely when you, like, you, it can get exhausting when you live in a city like this. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like you're hustling all the time, you're on the go, you're going to work, you're traveling to different clients, you're up early, you're home late. Um, you know, you're trying to get things going, like modeling your career, but um, you definitely miss it when you leave. That's the biggest thing I can say. Like, you may be exhausted, you kind of over it. When you take a little break, you go on vacation or you go to see your family. Mm. And then you come back and you land, you're like, right, we're going to hit this hard again. The energy is there. You feel good about it. Um, with regards to London, I haven't spent like a great amount of time there, but we be going there over Christmas time. Um, nice. You're going yeah. there this Christmas, yeah? <clears throat> well, I will. I'll be staying there probably a night with a cousin. Nice. And I'll go back home night. You got a cousin? You got, you got a cousin in uh, in London, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So um, with, with the, the kids, so we're going to see them as well. Um, we'll just see kind of kind of what the vibe is like there. Like if I was to leave New York and go back to the UK, I'd probably have to live in a big city because of the energy and the violence, you know? I think like Australia, I think it's just that the attitude towards work isn't, isn't quite as high in that regard. It's kind of like, it's more chill, right? So probably having a lot of energy and people don't, I don't want to say they don't value it, um, they don't put as much emphasis on work as they probably would in New York, especially Ireland. And so that's yeah. probably why you feel that yeah. there. you've got beaches there, so it's probably more of a laid-back attitude. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yes and no, really. Like, yeah, you are right, but um, obviously it depends what part you live in. But, yeah, no, totally right, though, if you compare, like, Sydney as a city. Like I said earlier, it's just nowhere near as much energy. Like, I love it. There's lots of energy here, but, like, for example... Not that I go out partying and stuff like that, but when, when we were in New York, we went to a few like rooftop bars and that in the nights. And like there was people, we stayed in Shoreditch. There was people just on like 4 a.m. We got home like 4 a.m. But the streets were rammed. It was like kicking. Yeah. In Sydney, the um, lockout law, they have a lockout law because people, there was loads of violence yeah. in that. So like 1.30 a.m., uh, 1.30 a.m., basically all the, all the clubs close. But yeah, as you say, like when it comes to business and like work, I find it hard, mate, living right next to the beach. Like, it, yeah. it's always like, I never thought it would be, but it's always distractions. You know what I mean? But I'm still getting, I'm still yeah. getting shit done. But like, in terms of the opportunity, like, for example, with the modeling now, I'm hoping to just make some progress now. But, um, you know, there's not, you have got Wilhelmina here, but, um, it's not on the scale of New York. Obviously, yeah. that's why when I was in London, like, I miss the culture. I miss British culture, which I never thought I would, you know, it's, and I like the history and all that kind of stuff. Like, you haven't got, I'm just knocking Australia here. My people listening to this now. Like, there's no, loads like, of people I know listening to it. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. I love it, really. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, well, I understand but, that. And how do you feel about, like, it may be different, but uh, definitely like banter wise, like with your place back home when you're having the crack and that. Mm. Probably a little, I don't know, like physicist. But I guess Australia is kind of a similar sense of humor, right? That's right, mate, yeah. I find Americans are weird, though, in that sense. Like, <laughs> I'm knocking all the nationalities here. Jesus Christ. Now, what I mean by that is <laughs> Americans are cool, but um, what's it called? Like, it's, it's just different banter, different humor, right? So, for example, yeah. like, they, they give you a lot of compliments. So I remember in America, like, they give you much more compliments and stuff than places like Australia and Britain. Australia and Britain are quite similar in that sense where, like, the banter is quite cold. Like, you know, you know how it is, mate. You know what we're like, yeah. us laws, mates. We just lay into each other. Like, we just go to the town. Like, what I found is with Americans, like, for example, I, mean, I was in the gym. You were training that. And I remember this American guy. What's your mate's name again? Um, the, the runner, the model and runner. Or is uh, it? TJ. TJ. He comes over and he's like, nice shirt, man. And I was like, I was a bit taken back. So I was like, you know, guys don't come up to you and say that in Britain and Australia. You know what I mean? Like, but I was like, oh, nice, mate. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just different. 
a little bit gay, but you know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it, it's you do get you. There's different personalities, I guess. You like um, regards to, I guess, sarcasm is the biggest thing. We're pretty sarcastic, right, as Brits. Hmm. So we'll say probably the wrong thing when you're in America. Yeah, um, might take it the wrong way. So I guess you have to be a little bit more careful with what you say, hmm. especially when it's in like a political climate where it's a little bit crazy right now with um, Donald Trump taking over and everyone has opinions and there's a big divide. Um, so you do need to be more careful about how you how you speak to people and I guess clients and things like that. Hmm. Um, but you do get like I'd say there are um, certain amount of friends and clients that do have that kind of British sense of humor or watch British shows, so they understand where you're coming from. And that you, there's not there's no um, nastiness in your comments, you know. Hmm. I don't know how Aussies are probably similar to British, I guess, some in, in some regards. Yeah, you're right though. There, like, not not quite on the level of British. Like, I know that's that's what I was saying. Like, I miss. British culture and humour because there's, we are a different breed in that sense. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I guess Welsh humour is different as well, right? Yeah. yeah, it is, man. It is. But like with Kim, for example, my girlfriend, she has got lots of uh, British mates and mm. her humour is literally like like lazing to you. You know what I mean? Like, for example, like, I don't know, when I eat, bro, I always have like a bit of, uh, I always leave food in my, I always have a bit of food in my teeth so I have to like floss afterwards. Like after every meal, mate, like she'll pick up on it straight away. She'll go, look, you've got black rice in your teeth again. Your mess can't take you anywhere. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. With um, blue block of glasses as well. I know, mate. I, hey, mate, I had them. Oh, where'd I put them? Yeah. <laughs> I had them on them when I answered the door. I just leave them on just to annoy her. How, how do you find those? Anyway? Mates, I mean, they're not for everyone, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you have to take take a screenshot, mate. I'll put I'll put this as the uh, promotion bitch. <laughs> make, make sure I'm on make sure I'm on large screens. You can see how much of a chump I look like. No, take you're not aware of what the glasses. Um, if you're exposed to like blue light, from it's a lovely picture there. Mate. I might as well put this on my story. Yeah, so I know, man. That's like so why would you wear absolute idiot. <laughs> What's that, mate? Tell the listeners why you wear them. Oh, yeah, okay. So blue light blockers, um, they block blue lights, right? That's what they do. <laughs> so, so basically, yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm being sarcastic. Um, what's it called? They, uh, they block. So when you watch like TV and any screen activity, any, any electrical activity, so whether you're looking at your phone or you're looking at a computer screen, um, basically that, that blue light destroys your melatonin, right, in your brain. So that's... That's the hormone that helps you sleep, and you need to be in like have a de- decent amount of darkness basically to to stimulate that hormone, which really helps you sleep. So when you're looking at your screen, you're under a constant state of stress. You know what I mean? You're, it's it's just like you're releasing the wrong hormones, like cortisol, and some of the stress hormones you don't really want in your bloodstream before bed. So these things help block that light, and therefore mitigate any of the um, any of the, uh, the the harmful effects. So before bed. You look like an idiot. Put them on. You look like a welder. Put them on, <laughs> and uh, literally, like I'm taking them off, man. I can't. I can't. I'll be laughing all the way through it. Take them off now. Would you get them on the street though? Yeah, mate. I literally did. Yeah. No, but they <laughs> come in the rubbish can. No, man. But um, what's it called? The only if you could see, well, you'll be able to see anyway, folks. But uh, yeah. You can get ones which are a bit more subtle. These ones, everything's an orange, mate, so it, it's a bit off-putting. You have to get used to them. But uh, mm. you haven't got any of you, mate. I'm surprised. I mean, I, I was. I've written them down to get, uh, but I haven't. Mm. I've been terrible, like, I'm anyway, really. 
symptom elimination works. So this is like a a routine was my habits were changing. I was like starting to kind of use candlelight in the bedroom and just mm. dim uh, the lights so or read before bed. But now I'm just like I come in probably nine o'clock <clears throat> and then I'm have food, watch like one episode or something just to kind of switch off and straight to bed, like straight to sleep. So nice. nighttime routine definitely needs to change and creating those healthy habits again. Really? Otherwise, yeah. I feel, I feel like I have a good sleep. Quality of sleep is great. I don't wake up. Um, I'm bouncing up early in the morning. Uh, but yeah, the nighttime routine is pretty poor. Mm. lacking that. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I don't even watch any, any TV anymore, man. I literally, in the, in the evenings, I know you don't watch much. You probably like watch a little bit. Mm. I know you've been reading books again now and you're like every day. We're like 20 minutes a day you're waiting for, is it? Well, at least 20, right? I've got opportunities on the train. So my journey is 15 minutes away and I go mm. maybe to see a private line in between. So there's no excuses. But I enjoy it. It's just getting into that habit again. Definitely. I'm usually listening to something that will help me learn, you know, um, help improve my knowledge, like a podcast anyway. But Reading, I enjoy. I thoroughly enjoy. So mm. it's going to make me a little bit more intelligent. Of this. I'm cracking on with it. I know, mate. Well, I hope we, hope we would hurry up and kick in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. <laughs> nah, you're intelligent, bro. We both are. Coffee's kicking now, so happy days, man. Happy days. Is that why you're twitching? Yeah, while your legs bouncing up and down. Right, are you sure it's just coffee you've had there? Nothing else, mate. Right? I don't know. You seem a bit like Thank I don't you. know. Dunkin' Donuts, man. There's a, uh, excuse me, I got a bit of a cough. Um, there's a 24 hour Dunkin' Donuts down the street. So if you're a fatty like me, it's ideal. I remember that place. Is that, is that just over the bridge or is that actually on your road, like? It's literally on the road, you know. That's a recipe for disaster. Oh, mate, what were those, don't, what were those, oh, yeah, we were talking. I don't know if we were on air then, actually, when we were talking about the pizzas and that. Remember those donuts from the place called Doe? I'll never forget. The place was called Doe, wasn't it? <coughs> They used to have those every week on stage. Oh, mate, they were the biggest donuts ever. What is that about America? It's like the system's set up to fail, right? Like, I'm, I know everyone's obese nowadays, like, you know, but like in, in well, again, I'm, I'm, wow. I really am going into people today, aren't I? No, everyone's obese in like those, in those countries like Australia, you know, Australia, UK and uh, US, like these westernized countries, we have a pretty high obesity rate, but it's a global thing now. It's, it's all over every continent. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. But I was just going to say in America, mate, like the portions and that, this, and the thing is, we're programmed, most of us are like me and you are world's worst for this, right? We're programmed, if there's food in front of us, we'll eat it all, right? It's not even questionable. Like, <laughs> you know what no, I mean? I think that stems from childhood. Like, I'm, I remember, I'm not sure it's like my grandmother's from Italy, so during the war, uh, particularly back to the war days now. <laughs> That's all good, mate. Go on. <laughs> um, I'm sure she suffered at the hands of, of the Germans. Um, they pretty much starved, starved the town where she grew up when they left. Um, really? So... The, the attitude, I guess, was to eat everything on your plate. So that kind of stems, it kind of gets passed down from generation to generation. So I remember her, my mother, would say, finish your plate. So mm. when I have food in front of me now, it's very difficult when I am full, not just to leave it for another time. Mm. So I'm trying to eat everything on my plate. That kind of stems from when I, when I was growing up. So mm. certainly things that we have or we've seen in our past or done in our past affect us now. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. And she's from Naples, wasn't she? Is Naples, that's, it is yeah. Naples, isn't it? Is that like north or south? South. South, yeah. That's where the poverty was, wasn't it? Like big time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, north, they are more agricultural, like kind of up north than then down south, like Sicily and all that is even further down in mm-hmm. the island. But yeah, I've heard. Can you imagine though, the world yeah. war, like it's totally understandable, isn't it? Like it's, it's, I mean, come on, like really like wasting food. Like, you'd totally be the same, wouldn't you? Can you imagine that? You've literally mm-hmm. faced a famine 
You know, your town's being wiped out, starvation, and then like your grandkids leaving food. Nah, it's just unacceptable, isn't it? But like well, now, when you, when me and you look at it, like for example, if we were to have kids or whatever, right? Can you imagine that? Like, you, you, you know, you, you don't really. Although a lot of people still listen to this podcast, probably think, oh, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because most people think that. And I, I did up until about literally a year ago. And I thought to myself, yeah. no, actually, like, it's not good. Like, we were talking about, again, off air, about my, my binge last weekend. And uh, yeah. it just happens, man. Like, and I think it is stemmed from that as well. It's not, obviously, it's the fact that the way they cook the food and the shit they add to the food makes it, you know, highly palatable and you can't stop anyway, right? It's engineered that way. And I had a few, um, I had a couple of wines as well, which, uh, which literally, as you said before, mate, it just literally weakened it. It just destroys your inhibitions, doesn't it? So you just don't care. Mm-hmm. And I was just um, smashing food just mindlessly. And uh, my yeah. stomach, literally, I made my stomach, and I was holding water for about three, four days, and my stomach was, wasn't was right. But uh, as I was just saying then, yeah, I was just plowing through stuff, mate. Like, there's no off button. And that's that comes from that as well, man, from just polishing your plate off from a young age. Yes, that's, that's been eating disorder, right? Is, um, you know, when you're full and you feel yourself full, you just can't stop. Yeah, basically you just you you don't want to eat it, but you're just forcing it, right? Mm. What kind of, what kind of, what kind of food did you have in that binge? Was it sugary? Was it? Yeah, it was, a, it was a mixture of everything, mate. It was salty, sugary, fatty, everything. I, I had a paella, a massive. We had like one, which obviously, like, I'm not going to get one which serves two for two people. Come on, like, so I had one which serves four. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just obviously between <laughs> you. Nah, between me and Kim, but. I probably had like, you know, two thirds of it. So I had that mate. But do you know what, right, Bond? I was actually fuming people, right? Because it was epic, right? Don't get me wrong. But I should have just had like a burger and chips. There's this new place that's open, right? Called Milky Lane. If there's any Australians listening, they'll know what it is. It's like the best burger. Milky Lane, mate. Bloody Milky Lane, eh? Um, terrible Aussie accent, but here we go. No, mate, but um, it's literally like burger, chips, all shit food, milkshakes, bloody, you know, you name it, cocktail, everything bad this place has, right? You know, and I, th- I should have just went there because I ended up having this paella. It was, you know, you know, we're quite aware of Bond, right? So when you have a mouthful and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. You have one mouthful and you're like, what have I done? But I'm going in, like, again, that's a binge eating thing. Like, the average person would go, okay, I'm, I'm in a pretty healthy state right now. If I if I eat this, it's going to make me feel like shit for days. Is it really worth plowing through all of it? Lo and behold, mate, I literally smashed all of it, no problem. And then we went to this place, in, it's a place called The Spot. Loads of nice restaurants. And there's a place called The Sweet Spot. It's a cake shop. Mate, it's the best cake shop in Sydney, I swear. Went in there and uh, ended up having like a little tiramisu cake. But that's not enough. You know, again, for the average person, I'll get a cake. No, that's not enough, mine. Go and get another one. So I had like two cakes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it, mate, but I wish I just had burger and chips. What's that? Did this come you be in the home and you like what well, food eating at home? Were you off your normal routine and diet? And then you yeah. came back and you thought, well, I've been off that diet all week. I'm just going to smash it this weekend. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. It could have been partly that, mate. But I really didn't see it coming, mate. I was actually. It probably. I don't think it was that, mate, because I was actually making an effort with Kim to. Uh, to go and uh, get a poke bowl. Um, oh, there's a reason why we did That's it. Like, it's a nice place, mate. It's a lovely, healthy food. Do you know poke food? It's like Hawaiian and Japanese. I'm not sure if you've tried that. I haven't tried it myself, no. I think I've heard of it, no? Oh, mate, it's wicked, like, um, With the vegetables and meat, so... Oh, mate, it's, it's, it's the tastiest, healthiest food ever. It's black rice. You have, like, black or brown rice. Um, and you can mix, you can have what, anything you want, really. And you mix that with all, like, um, different types of fish, like Hawaiian-style fish, fresh seafood. Um, and... Like they add some sauces to some of it, but it's like it's all made naturally. It's all pretty good. Anyway, uh, it's really nice, man. But we were going to have that, but it's not very good in there. There's not much of an atmosphere. So, oh, let's go somewhere with an atmosphere in the danger zone there, mate. 
got to go well out of hand. Um, I was going to ask you something then as well about, uh, oh, come on. Yeah, binge eating. Like, how would you define it, Drew? How would you, because that was a good point you said then, right? Just for anyone listening, like, it's hard to define what binge eating is. And the thing is. I think that's it. I think just, I think just uncontrollably eating, I guess. Like, so when you're, when you're full and you're satiated and, and you've had enough and you're still delving into foods and, and it becomes, and it gets out of control where you can't stop. So you're, like, how would, you know, in the past, what's happened to me is I've probably, like, for example, this weekend, I had a pizza, right? So that's pretty big for me. But what flavor did you go for? So we had a pepperoni and we had, like, a, a ham, mushroom, artichokes, and all this, I believe. Oh, mate. Mate, artichokes on a pizza. Do you know what? I, Drew, I only, I only tried that, like, a few months ago, and I was like, why haven't I had this my whole life? I'm obsessed with them at the moment. Bro. Artichokes, man. So good. Oh, do you have them? Do you, do you have them as like um? Oh, wait, I thought I lost you. Salad. Do you do you have them? Okay, go on, hit me. Yeah, so I've, I've um, but we like before. I think we've obviously shared pizza before. We've ordered a large one each. So <laughs> me, I, lately, if I've ordered one, I've just gone for like a medium or, or just a smaller size, and uh, so it's going to be completely satiated, like I said. Um, and then afterwards, if I was following on my pizza. It'll be dessert, right? So I'm going to enjoy myself. I felt like the day anyway. Um, so we had um, a little bit of ice cream. Yeah. Like at the point now, at the stage now, where I'm not binging, so I'm at a good place. Mm. It's taken me a long time to get to this point. Um, especially when I have that, I think the fat-sugar combination it usually leads to an uncontrollable binge. So sometimes I will then go to a shop and I look for sweets, cakes, chocolates, whatever, I can get my hands on it and just eat them yeah. mindlessly, I guess, in front of the TV. Um, that's so the worst that, thing. I, I just want to stop you there real quick, hold your thought. When I done that podcast with the uh, new nutritionist, the binge eating expert, she said that's one of the worst things. That's one of the top things on the list, she says to people who are looking to shift it, shift their uh, eating disorder, is do not eat in front of the TV because, yeah. and I'm, I'm mate, I've, since I've changed that, true, it's made all the difference, man. And you know what? When I do, mate, like, it does get out of hand. Anyway, mate, you were saying, sorry, bro. Yeah, so it just leads to uncontrolled eating. Um, I guess, like, overindulging um, during different celebrations or just, like, consuming massive, massive amounts of calories when, when not needed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with this, like... Um, so you, you were saying, so, so sorry, mate, I, I, meant, I just meant to say then, you were saying like, so I'm, I'm impressed with this because I've, I've been at the same level until I went to the UK and got taken back down again. But you, <laughs> man down, bro, man down. UK, terrible, terrible, terrible food options, mate. You got no hope. I got sucked back in. Anyway, you were just saying then, so you managed to nip it in the bud then like you, maybe, what I was going to say as well, mate, I was just going to say, um, isn't it crazy that, like you can stop, you can stop it, right? But you know full well because you're aware what foods trigger you off, right? So you could literally, you don't want it though. I know, like, and I'm the same. I don't want it, but you know, if like, for example, you were off your head, like drunk or whatever it is, wherever you're taking, uh, you if you were to, <laughs> if you were just to like have one, like for example, a little bit of ice cream or I don't know, some little bit of chocolate, it could trigger that off too, right? Into a binge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, certain foods will definitely trigger me. Um, Usually foods with sugar, um, sweetness, things like that, um, they, they are my trigger foods. So I tend not to have those 
in the okay. house. Explain to the explain to the listeners what sweeteners in what foods. Like you know, not necessarily the actual sweetener, but what food? Can be, um, what whatever foods that trigger me? Yeah, like if you've like foods with sweeteners in, like protein bars, or say, what would it be? Oh, pro- yeah, protein bars, um, amino acids. If I was still taking supplements, uh, pre-workout, uh, diet coke, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it it depends really. Like, yep. but I'm at a, like I said, I'm at a different point now where I haven't haven't had that binge. Um, for a long time, and, that, and then it's under control. But I guess the biggest test comes when we have uh, Thanksgiving at the end of this month, and then Christmas in December because I'm home with Christmas. So my mother's cooking uh, lots of cakes as well. I'm sure she's going to want to feed me as well. And she'd be like, eat house. it all. You do not leave a, a crumb on that plate, yeah. my son. Otherwise, you get a backhander. Yeah. <laughs> the Italian mother, right? So yeah. She's like, oh, Mamma uh, mia, it must be my domino. Eh? <laughs> hey, yeah, come on. Hey, come on, um, Louise, yeah. Hey, uh, this is um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see at home and see if I can keep that under control there. But I obviously want to try everything, but I feel I feel I'm in a different like last Thanksgiving was under control, last Christmas under control. So let's see how this year goes. Yeah, it seems to me you've it seems to me you've improved. Well, the only way was up one there, um, from when we were in town, when, we, when I was in town for Thanksgiving, the only way was up from there, wasn't it? Um, but it, it seems to me that you've improved every year. And like you have a bit of, it sounds like to some people, it sounds a bit like, man, like these guys are a bit over top, but like they know it's, they know it's, it's, it's the way to do it. Like you have to have a little bit of a strategy going into these things and it's not rocket science, is it Drew? Tell them what you normally do. Like what would you do this year? Um, I will just go, I guess I'll have, just lighter days, like so. If I know my meal is starting at 12, 1 o'clock, then am I likely to have a heavy breakfast, like high in carbohydrates, high in fats? Probably not. I'll just go for these options, uh, more vegetables, something that's going to fill me up, something that's not going to make me, and not going to be too high in calories. Uh, so when it comes to dinner, I'm just feast a little bit. No, and I don't tend to go uh, over my, my calories for, for the day or for the week, right? So it's like weekly for that, so I know it's giving to the end of the slow before I mix up back a little bit. Uh, yeah. just so well enjoy myself on the weekend. And then when afterwards and probably if I go consume a little bit the next day, I'll just try and get up and so drink plenty of water, go for maybe get a gym session and have the opportunity to see the gym's open what is. Um, and then back so I'll just have a light day, maybe skip a meal or two, uh, and then I'll start that's the way, mate. But the, the difference is now I'm kind of questioning how this food will make me feel. So if I have like a pizza in front of me, you know, when it's an occasion where, you know, I want to spend time with my wife, time with my loved ones, uh, my friends, and I'll justify eating that pizza just because it's going to build a healthy relationship. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, same right? Some, sometimes I have left all the pizzas at work. You know, people say, do you want pizza? And I guess they can tease me sometimes. But um, I'll, I'll think about it. Is it really worth me eating that pizza right now? It's going to make me feel terrible. I'm going to have sleep. going to feel groggy. Uh, going to feel bloated. You know, I'm not going to probably get a good training session the next day. I have a bowl of in two to four weeks' time. Mm. Um, that's going to benefit me in, in any way. That's right, so man. I'm just summing up the options and, and seeing what works best for me now, you know? So mm. it's going to be good to me. Better off going home to have a good home-cooked meal, whole natural foods, continuing my progress, chase my goals, chase my dreams, 
I'm going to have this pizza now, which is going to give me temporary satisfaction. Mm. But really, is it that enjoyable? You know? Exactly, mate. It's, it's mad, though, isn't it? Because we're like, we're constantly, unfortunately, your, your internet, the internet went a bit funny then. You were dropping some knowledge bombs and I couldn't really hear you much on my end then. That was annoying, but hopefully it'll come for a bit better for the listeners. But uh, no, I was just going to say how it's, uh, we're, we're constantly bargaining with ourselves, isn't it? Isn't that crazy? Like, cause, um, when it comes to food and stuff, like you were just saying then, like if you literally, folks, like I'm still battling with this now, like with anything, it's not just food, it's, it's just abstinence in general, right? When you're, when you're kind of being disciplined, not doing, not actually partaking in these short-term pleasures, which you know in reality give you a little rush of uh, happiness and dopamine and euphoria, wherever it is, you know long-term it's not doing you any favors, right? So you're constantly bargaining with you know your present self with your future self, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. if you can actually ask yourself, the right, okay, like Drew said, then when it comes to a pizza or ice cream, like, okay, if you can have a slice or two, that's great. Like if you can do that, that's great. Like kudos to you if you can actually just – have one or two slices and do things in moderation. Fair play. Andrew and I are not built for that, are we? So <laughs> we tend we tend to like, you know, for us, it's like, oh, how am I going to feel afterwards? I'm going to feel a bit. I think that's where you're getting at as well, Drew, right? Because if we were just to have one slice, you wouldn't feel that bad afterwards Would you drink some water or whatever. Cool. But when do you ever have one slice of pizza, Drew? Can you remember the last time that happened? I can't. <laughs> no. I think it's, it can be all or nothing, especially with guys uh, in the fitness industry, especially from the past, like we've been – very restrictive for a long time. Mm. I lost you a bit there. You, yeah, I got you. I got you. Sorry, mate. Restrictive for a long time. But yeah, sorry. It's a, especially with guys like us from the fitness industry who have in the past built a poor relationship with food. Um, we would have restricted and then binge massively, restricted and then binge massively. So I guess that's where it's come from. It's come from our past, you know? Mm. Um, we can have a good weekend and the weekends maybe you ought to do it a little bit. That's it. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just like it's it's not as sharp as it was at the start, but it's okay. Yeah, go on. I'm not sharp or it's not sharp? Uh, no, no, you're sharper now, mate. You, you've uh, livened up a bit. That coffee's kicked in. <laughs> yeah, you're like a, um, You're like a plonk at yeah. the start. <laughs> it's okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the coffee's working well now. <laughs> It's time as well, so uh, <laughs> nobody can see you on the screen there. So it takes time to get to a point where you're in a better, better state of mind. So again, as if you're someone who's new to uh, to fitness and wellness, don't expect everything to happen overnight. We still have, like Martin and myself, still have these constant battles. We're still trying to create uh, habits. Will help us over time. So don't beat yourself up if, if things do occur. Like Martin had a recent binge. Mm. You just need to uh, get yourself back in check the next day and have a good week and then you'll reverse it quite easily. Yeah? Absolutely. And you can literally apply it to anything like right now. Like I think me and you are in the same boat now where we've, you know, you've got to tick off each area of your life and you, you have got to evaluate sometimes, you know. I think it's good to do that. Like check yourself. Where am I? Where am I in life? You know, I've got to, mm. if you've got, if you've got dreams, and you've got stuff you want to achieve, trust me, like, ain't shit going to happen. The default is failure, right? I always tell myself that a default is failure. If you don't do shit about it, if you don't take action, wherever that is, if you want to get in shape and, you know, you know you're in maybe an unhealthy state or struggling to get in shape or you're struggling to get money behind you, unless you take action and start putting your, you know, sticking your neck out and actually trying to achieve these things and taking action, then 
you know, it, it, the default is failure. You're not going, you're not going to get anywhere. So that's why you've just got to give your all, really, and just get, give it your best shot, kind of thing. You know. So, um, yeah. Where was I going with that then? I was going to go off on one then. And I lost my, uh, I lost my uh, mojo. Um, Awkward. Um, definitely agree with what you're saying there. I don't think we're, we're kind of, um, especially our age and still younger, mm. we're, we're, we're kind of playing that victim mentality right now, right, where we expect everything to happen for us. Mm. Yeah. We can play, we move, uh, we'll put in the work. So mm. if we're not willing to work in, then we're never going to get anywhere right, with our business or modeling, or, you know. So definitely. It's easy to look outside Instagram and, and see people who are, relatively successful sometimes mm. it's fake sometimes it's not but you've got to understand that they're not overnight successes they've put the graft in they've been working behind the scenes um, working on their trade and that's why they are suddenly well that's why they are a success absolutely so tell myself when it comes to our online business my, my career modeling you know if I'm not willing to put the work in then I'm going to be sat here in five years ten years time saying the same old thing mm, absolutely sorry I see. I had this chat. I had, a, I had a, my last guest was uh, was an awesome. Was, did you listen to the Order of Man podcast with the uh, Ryan Mishler guy? Have you listened to that yet? Or no, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, check it out, man. It was good because um, he was talking yeah. about that. You know, he's a very successful guy, and he was just saying there's nothing pretty about it. You know, it's yeah. just there's nothing pretty about it. it it's going to be tough. It's going to you have to grind. You know, to get that fulfillment at the end of your life and, and actually have the purpose in your life. And, and, and create freedom, you have to put the work in. But it's not really rocket science, you know. It's about putting one foot in front of the other. But he was saying, which was interesting, I think with me and you, work ethic isn't the problem. I think, you know, we've only we've only worked harder and harder every – I think we, we do put the work in, you know. But um, it's a case of doing it smart and actually analyzing and, and taking a step back. And I think it's those kind of people who – Yes, they put the work in, but they're very strategic about it. They're very clever, very smart. They learn off the best people, the best kind of people like me and you have been doing that, obviously. But, you know, if, if people listening now, you've got to really learn. If there's something you're trying to achieve, like, for example, getting in shape, you need to listen to experts like me and Andrew. <laughs> no, but if there's anything you want to achieve, you have got to listen and look up and actually mimic what those people are doing. Like what if there's someone who's doing something, for example, you know, people who hate like people, I'm going off on it a little bit now, when people say anything bad about someone, that's normally a deflection of what you're feeling. So it's normally the reason you're saying that is because that person has something you want, right? That's what it is, yeah. basically. That person has something you want. So like Andrew was saying then, sitting there and complaining about it and saying, oh, yeah, but this happened, that happened. It doesn't matter. Like that per- person, one way or another, you know, there's, there's the um, – you know, the, the kind of rare occasions where there's someone who's had it on a silver platter. But generally, people who've really put the work in and got to a, a decent point in their life. And for me, it's like we, we had this episode before, like how do you define success, right? So the problem is that the world we live in nowadays, success is, it's not a problem. Everyone's motivated by different things. But success is looked at as how much money have you got and what have you accumulated in your life for a lot of people. And that's a lot of that's been um, kind of expanded because of not expanded. It's kind of been... Um, multiplied with social media and stuff so with social media that you look at it and it's like a fake world right you're looking and there's people doing this that and the other and that's it like you know success to me is i look up to people certain people who have just got that balance you know they got they got they're not millionaires necessarily at all actually some of the people i look up to and and follow is you know they've just created a decent amount of balance they've got freedom from where they put the work in and the most important thing is the character they've defined and the and the resilience and the discipline and all of these traits they picked up along that journey is what is what attracts me to those people, you know? So 
your relationships, your finances. Like Andrew and I, we have the health. We have that lockdown, right? We have the relationships. Now the area we're trying to focus on is like, obviously, we're trying to build a business together now, an online business, online coaching. And we, we've got a few a few ideas, you know, um, and, and that's what we're working on now. But it's just finding that balance. And it's a never-ending, it's a never-ending uh, road to, right? Yes. Hit the nail on the head, then, actually. Um, yeah, and like I think life, you, you know, especially as I get older, you find that life's life's not as easy as you you might think. So, um, as you said, there's, there's going to be a lot of setbacks along the way, mm. and that's why I've been just been doing a lot of reading and, and kind of soul searching lately, and, and trying not to let things get to me much, mm. because I've been that person who has felt sorry for myself and has moaned and groaned and I'm got this, I'm got that. But I've definitely taken opportunities in my life and, and I'm living a better life than what I ever have. But I need to be eternally grateful for that. Um, that's another thing I've been back practicing is gratitude in the morning and evenings. Mm. That certainly helped. Um, but again, like we said, Martin said earlier, it takes time. You know, um, we're not perfect either. We're at a point with our health uh, and relationships where we're in a good, good state of mind. Um, but we're still working on those habits that we've had in the past. They slip. We bring them back. They slip. So that's again with your health and fitness journey. It give yourself some time. Everyone wants everything in within three to four weeks, and things aren't working out. They give up, or they change, or they're not consistent with the same plan, same routine, and that's where they never get anywhere. Mm. That's it, man. It's a fine line, isn't it? Because like you and I as well, I know right now we could be doing more. I know we could, right? <laughs> but but it's like it's a fine line between like we're both like always underachieving, right? So we're like high achiever syndrome, whatever it's called, right? Without blowing our trumpets, you know, we're quite ambitious. Uh, and I know a lot of people listening to this uh, are going to be ambitious because they're already, you know, trying to grow by listening to podcasts. So, and that's actually been proven. People who listen to podcasts are generally um, more driven people. Anyway, ambitious people, we're always underachieving. Um, so I always try and check myself sometimes and I have to like, for example, at the end of the day, I'll normally pick out three things which I've done in the day because by the end of the day, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I always feel like, fuck, I'm, I haven't done enough. Like every single day, it's like I haven't really, like shit, I should have done. Always a few things slip through the net. I don't know about you, but those things are not really that important. A lot of the time, it does happen that where I procrastinated and I haven't done the important things. But most of the time now, I do get the important things done most of the time, not always. But I think regardless, you've got to be aware that like if you're ambitious and you're driven, a lot of the time you're going to feel like you're underachieving. So you need to say, okay, I've done these three things. For example, I could look back on my day today and go, oh, I went to see the accountant. I've done that. Ticked off my list. That was important. I had a tax bill to pay. Yeah, you're back. I lost you for a second. Anyway, we're back on. We're back on air. Just saying then, it's important, folks. Like, for example, at the end of the day, I'll look back. I'll go, right, okay, what did I do that was important? I went to see the accountant. That was very important. I had a tax bill, which I was trying to get out of. <laughs> yeah. I went and saw him. And then I, uh, I basically went on my laptop then, and I had a podcast which didn't come out very good, the quality last time. So I um, sent that off to someone, got that done. It's, it's de- I've done plenty of things. What, what else did I do then? I also had to get some documents together for the account. It could be anything, anything chores that you had to do which were important. Like oh, I've done some other stuff as well, I can't remember, but it could be anything. They were my chores. They were my nitty gritty chores and I got them done. You can pick any free. It could be anything like, oh yeah, you know, I, I smiled at someone. It could be absolutely anything. But the, the, the point is, switch, exactly. 
know? That's so, exactly right. You're just, just switching your mindset, yeah? I think the worst thing is letting these these kind of tasks, trivial tasks, build up, right? Pile up, right? So it just gets stressful. Definitely. And depressed, really. Yeah. Yeah, you it does. You need to let it up. And it just it just becomes a pain in the ass. I do that every week, though, Drew. I'm not I'm not going to put it straight to the listeners. I do that every week. But the thing is, with me, I make lists of things. I don't know about you. I'll add things in my diary. But they're not always that important, right? Don't get me wrong. Sometimes the things slip through the net, right? But you know, like sometimes you think, oh, I got to do that. Got to do this. Got to do that. But they're not really that important. Like you can survive without them. Do you see what I mean? Like you were saying earlier about the blue light blockers, for example. You made a note in your diary. Not that important. Do you know what I mean? You probably put it off for months, like I did. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to say now, you, you haven't got that, that long left, so I wanted to drop some gems for the people, right? We, we were talking about PTs and stuff, right? I think it could be quite oh, yeah. valuable for us to say kind of like what things to look out for in a good trainer, right? Because like without being big-headed, there's a lot of shit trainers out there and awful. That are awful, mate. And up until about a few years ago, I was one of them, right? I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was still better than most, I would say, right? But nowadays, like I'm still – I'm still nowhere near where I want to be. And that's the thing. It's, ne- it's That's a great thing about PT, isn't it? Being an expert is never-ending. Yeah, I agree with that. I, when I first started on the gym floor, like looking back at, at how I was, I guess I'm, I was still pretty professional with regards to what I believe in because I've come from a, a management side, so I could see the good and bad in personal trainers. Mm. But the, the way I used to tra- coach and train people at that point and train myself was looking back was pretty awful. And I would just try and beast people during sessions. Mm. My, my main goal was to make someone hurt, not like, you know, that, you know, hurt themselves badly, but Mm. wanted to put them through the toughest session I could find. That's it. And that's how I eat. Thing is, bro, that's why people listen to this now and and they're like thinking, oh yeah, okay, I've had a trainer or I want a trainer or I train hard and I enjoy Mm. pushing myself. Most people want that though, don't they? True. No, no, but it's, so that's the annoying thing. That's the annoying thing, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 the funny thing is, like, I was paying no attention to, like, if they were going through a stressful period in life, um, what their eating habits were like, how much sleep they were getting. It was just, right, we're getting into the session. Like, how am I, am I going to put you on a, on a high-volume session today or a CrossFit session? I'm going to hit this hard. Off you go. High five. Out the door. Mm. Now I'm just paying more attention to body signals and how my clients feel it mm. and kind of... Uh, and alter the session based on that. Okay, so I'll ask you on that then, because I know there's a few PTs who listen to this now, and even if you're not a PT, this is going to benefit you. So, what would you say then, Drew? Like as a PT, what would you say? Like the top three? I know it's, it's a tough one, but the top three kind of, or just anything as a PT for trainers. What would you say? What would you say? Like you would say to someone, right? I want you to focus on these things as a PT because they're important. What would you say? Just short and sharp. I'd say sleep first. Yeah. Well, for, for their clients, like like for them yes. to, to, to apply to their clients. clients or for yeah, yeah, any, oh, anything. Yeah, yeah, advice, anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I was given a, a personal trainer, so, so if I was telling clients to focus on certain things, um, I'd say sleep would be number one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, people neglect that so much. Mm. Um, a good program, a solid program that's periodized. Um, increasing volume over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, explain quickly what that is. Like, explain what a good program is, just for the listeners. Only short and sweet. 
short and sweet. So just taking them through different phases, I guess. So like you may go through a strength phase for three to four weeks when your body adapts to that. You then switch up to a hypertrophy-based phase, um, like eight to 12 weeks, and then you may for the last, um, sorry, not eight to 12, in the next next four weeks, then for the final four weeks of your your programming. Mm. So I'm, I'm just going to stop you there real quick, yeah, because if you're, so if you're a trainer, you need to make sure that you're, you're, you're you're basically phasing the program for the client. So like say, like Bondi was saying, every three or four weeks, you should be switching the stimulus from say strength to hypertrophy or whatever. And if you're, if you're someone who's looking for a trainer or is thinking about getting a trainer, then they, they should be doing that with you. They shouldn't just be doing willy nilly sessions. It should be structured. Uh, and what else, Andrew, what else would you say? Um, so I guess said, factoring in how their movement is throughout the day. What about water? Do you think people have issues with drinking yeah, water? A, yeah, water is another issue. You could go into nutrition. You can delve deeply yeah. into this. Um, again, it's about, about creating – like it's not all about like motivation. Like you say, your trainer should motivate you. Yes, maybe during the session, but motivation is short-lived. So mm. ultimately you're looking to – rather than just motivate someone, you're looking to create those healthy habits that they can turn into uh, turn into a lifestyle, right? So. Mm. Again, implementing that with clients, right, are we – initial thing might be a simple win. Like if you're a nutrition coach or even a personal trainer, a simple win for you might be to work on their nighttime routine, one win. Then when they've maybe mastered that, then you can say, right, are you drinking more water? That's another win. Then four to six weeks later, how much protein are they intaking? That's another win. Mm. Uh, win. How much fiber are they intaking? You know, so Small you need to create these habits over time. And gradually that will get easier for your client. I think when you first become a personal trainer, you kind of believe, well, not knocking on all trainers, but this is how I was, I, I, because I did it myself. I believe that I would just hand someone a, a, a nutrition plan with the exact foods to eat, exact calories, exact macros. Say, they eat that this week. Then I would say, right, here's your program. We need to do this five times a week. Here's that. Right, now you need to drink water. And for me, that looked easy to do because I could adhere to that simply, right? But as a client, that can be overwhelming. And for you to adhere to that from from the off is not going to happen. No. Unless you work with an athlete, right? Yeah, exactly. Or someone who's a bodybuilder. That's they will right. follow it to the team. But a normal everyday person who has the stresses of life, has work, has family, they're not going to follow that. You've got to implement those small changes and that will work for them over time. Exactly. That's exactly right. So I would always say that people like just, just literally focus on the simple things. Like I always say, just say, for example, right, I want to get on this path now to fitness success. So I'm going to just do these three things. I'm just going to, I'm going to get, invest in a Fitbit, right? I'm just going to do, I'm going to make sure I do 10,000 steps every day. It's really not hard to do folks. Really not hard. That's probably about an hour in total or maybe an hour and 20 of walking a day. Like, in total, that's your total steps. It's really not that hard when you're more aware about it. And then oh, I'm just going to drink some more water. I'm going to try and drink maybe two to three liters of water every day. And it's just literally, okay, so how, how would you go about that? You buy a Fitbit, you get some bottles of water, so you've got it in the fridge ready. And then what else would you do? Mm, maybe I'll focus on, okay, I'll, I'll make sure I lift weights. I've got a, I've got a trainer or, you know, wait, I'm just trying to think of something easier that I normally, I'm not, anyway, I've got a trainer and I'm going to do, I'm going to do two weight training sessions a week. Even if you haven't got a trainer, I'm just going to make sure I, I get my two weight training sessions in a week, just two a week. Resistance training is key. It's key for, as we always say, for, for long-term success with your metabolism, with your body, with your health. And I just wanted to say as well, it's really, there's so much science going in, studies now going into the health benefits of lifting weights. For example, like they've done studies on women with breast cancer and the ones with much more lean muscle mass. 
um, had like 60% chance uh, more of, uh, of, of a better survival rate. So it was, it was a massive, significant amount. So 60% chance, higher chance of living. And then there was like people without even Alzheimer's, uh, people with low, a low lean body mass were, uh, significantly higher chance of getting, um, um, Alzheimer's. And there's loads of stuff going into it. Osteoporosis, like that. That's the main one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, um, obviously. Definitely. So it's, it's literally, I know I get passionate about this, but yeah, just focus on the, the, the big rocks. So get your 10,000 steps in, drink your water and get your resistance training in. doesn't have to be rocket yeah, science. With the resistance training, I think, like I said, I touched on this earlier, like people try and do too much too soon. So as a personal trainer, yeah, I was trying to get people to change everything at once. Like with resistance training, again, if you do have a trainer or you're training on your own, like if I was going to the gym as a beginner, or someone who just wants to get a decent body, I would just say, well, I'm going to commit to two sessions per week. Right, um, two resistance sessions or whatever, you, whatever you you enjoy. Um, generally, I would always always favor resistance um, rather than say, "Hey, like most most people do when they're they're trying to change their body, they say, right, I'm going to commit to five six sessions a week." But we know for the most part, even for me and you, that's not really achievable, right? Now, right? Mm-hmm. So if you say, "I'm going to do two sessions per week," and then by the end of the week, you're like, right, I have energy. I'm going to do an extra session or an extra two sessions. You can give yourself a pat on the back. Um, but if you say, right, I'm going to do five to six sessions, you don't actually reach that goal per week. You're going to be a bit pissed off with yourself and you're going to be down on yourself, beating yourself up. So be more realistic. Commit to two. Anything on top is a bonus. You commit to too many, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Simple. Yeah, simple as that. Jobs are good at me. Well said. What's, like, what's, what's some of the, like, if you were, you know, with a, with a personal trainer, right? If I'm looking, if you were looking to um, purchase sessions from a personal trainer, like what would you say that you would go for in a, in a trainer? Would you say, I know a lot of people will tend to uh, lean on the side of, of how you look. Yep, yep. Can you hear me? Cause you're, you're, oh, yeah. yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, mate. Um, you know, you want to look the part. Is that necessarily... One of the best best um, indicators you're a good trainer, or no? What would you say? No, that that's definitely that's deceiving. That is for sure. Mm. And that, in fact, that could set you up for failure because, like, there's a lot of people who, uh, for example, like online coaches. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Andrew, Andrew, and I are going to enter that space, and we, and you know, we've it's taken us a lot, a lot of time of refining our, you know, our craft basically to to get things right, and you know, we still need to learn ourselves because when you're coaching someone online. It's completely different to when you have contact with them. But I was going off on one then a bit. What I was going to say is, um, yeah, when you look the assets you look for in a trainer, yeah, if they're in good shape, then that doesn't really. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? It is like, Anderson. Yeah, it, it is Anderson. Yeah. So they, uh, I'm going to track back a bit. You need to be in shape. It actually pisses me off. Trainers who are not in shape, right? Let's face it. You need to be looking healthy. Like without being, again, without being uh, big-headed. Andrew and I are in like really good shape, right? We're, we're really lean. You don't have to be shredded like and in insane shape to be a trainer, by the way, right? But yes, you should look for a trainer who looks healthy and is in good shape. And there's, you know, they know what they're doing. It's a good, you know, is eating well. That's the main thing. Yeah. Well. yeah, just that's it. And we're drawn to that anyway. So naturally you're going to go for someone who looks like that. And if you don't, then, you know, that's, that's a bit of a rare, rarity that happens. You do see trainers who are out of shape but like i think it's i don't see many of them around here but you do say it and that actually really annoys me there we are um yeah so yeah but it, it doesn't it doesn't not make you a good coach if you're not in shape like that's like i guess so if you are if you've seen someone that's not in shape like question mm. them on their knowledge 
Yeah, that's it. But how do you define not in shape? So what I mean is not not so much not in shape. I mean like um like for example, people who are really overweight, right? Like I mean, I'm not nothing against people who are overweight at all, right? I'm not saying anything like that. But what I am saying is like trainers who are really overweight and not practicing what they preach. So generally people are gonna see through that anyway, right? That's that's a given. But you should look for tracing a trainer a trainer who is actually going to coach you and talk to you and be a mentor, right? Because that's the main thing. Like a therapist is one way of putting it, but I would say more of a mentor, someone who's going to not be a mentor or a life coach, but someone who's going to talk sense into you when it comes to focusing on your health, focusing on the things things you're doing outside of the gym. Like Andrew said, get enough sleep, drink enough water, uh, maybe to keep it a food diary, which is really simple using the app MyFitnessPal. Those kind of things are the things that are going to set you up for long-term success. A trainer who's actually going to teach you um, as the saying goes, you know, teach a man how to fish and feed him for a day. So the other way around, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him how to fish and feed him for a lifetime, right? So you have to learn for yourself. So a trainer who's going to give you the tools and coach you along the way to do those kind of things, like moving more, drinking more water, tracking your food, being consistent with your weight training and that kind of stuff. Not a trainer who's just going to wipe the floor with you, beast you, and then go crazy at you and shout at you when you uh, have overeaten on a weekend and you come in and it's like, ah, and they shout at you or they turn their back on you, which I've known trainers to do, you know, which I used to do in the past, actually. So I'm not going to condemn those people. But yeah, that's what you want to look for. Someone who's going to coach you mentally and and get you for the the, the psychological side of it, really. Yeah. And then obviously first impressions count um, if if you're looking for a trainer. So just make sure that you're you're impressionable. Um, Again, you look the part, but even, you know, you, you dress well. Um, you know, you're smiling. You're, you're, I, I think the biggest thing I notice with some trainers is that like they don't really pay attention during the session. Like they're so distracted by the biggest biggest thing I see. Worst thing I see personally, you might think differently, is, is that I've seen trainers who are, like constantly on their phone during the session. Mm. Like I know people are paying a lot of money for my session, so my phone stays in the locker. Um, I've seen use a clipboard or an iPad or something to make notes because like that's yeah, the only I, thing I make notes on my phone sometimes. It is yeah, I have iPad for programming, um, yeah. and I don't have the messages attached to that or anything like that, so I don't have any disturbances. Like I understand some trainers will use their phone to program as well, so there's nothing wrong with that. I've seen trainers like during someone's set when they're pressing a weight or they uh, or whatever, whatever concept it might be, but they're on their phone looking at the client and that really pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. Because people, especially in New York, people are paying a lot of money for sessions. You need to be looking at your, your client time engaged in, and engaged in the, in the actual session. Definitely, man. Otherwise, Definitely. It's, just, it's just poor practice, really. 100%. Uh, I agree with that, man. Interested. Like, someone also, if, you, if, if your trainer's like sat down during the session on their ass or on the weight, so I think that's, I'm always standing up. Yes, uh, and, and moving a client just checking their, their form, you know. Mm. Uh, don't have your hands in your pockets as a trainer. Don't st- you know? I see people staring into space, not even making eye, con- eye contact with their, their clients. Mm. Um, just be be good at your job. Like be, uh, you know, if you see weights on the floor in your gym, maybe it's not your responsibility to pick them up, but do that anyway. Mm. Put weights away if you've used them. Pick rubbish up on the floor. Uh, work on yourself. Simple. It's a simple mm. win. Wicked, man. Wicked. L- listen, mate, we can't go on for too much longer because we've, we've dragged this one out of it, but it's all good because we dropped loads of, uh, I think, I think, helpful advice at the end there. Yeah, yeah. and I would say... Sorry, I, would, I was getting into that. No, that's all right. Sorry, mate. Some, 
Go on, go on. Have you got some more? Go on. Ultimately, like as as a trainer, you want to be compassionate and generally want your clients to succeed and reach their their dream body or their health goals. And that will show in your work, right? So people will be aware of that. They'll see you you working hard and see they're actually passionate at your job. They will choose you as a trainer. I actually need to tell you. One of the worst things I've seen is I saw a guy who was training privately. He was behind his client who was on a <clears throat> and then in front there was uh, a woman cross trained and so he was instead of looking at his train uh, his client he was uh, snapchat on his phone zooming in the ass of the cross train are you serious yeah mate. and then and obviously sending it off to his friends it's probably something you've done in the past right but yeah, I actually have. I actually have. Yeah, yeah. I done that. I done that ages ago. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm guilty there. I'm guilty. But that was that was the old me. The old me's dead and gone. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, nowadays I would, I, would, I would be pissed. I wouldn't be pissed, but I'd just be like, "Come on, man, that's a joke." Nowadays, but I've done it myself. So only yeah. once, literally once, I recall doing it, folks. By the way, right? <laughs> um, yeah, just just professionalism. You know, your it's your career. Then, if it is your career, then at the end of the day, you know, focus on it and, and always try to become better. Like we said, we were. The polished article when we first started in the gym, mm. right? Things looking back and cringing now. We cringe at some of the stuff I do now in the future because I'm always But just look after the safety of your clients. Like if they have a stressful day, make sure that you alter uh, the session based on that. Yeah, yeah. Sleep day. Wicked, and just man. get them. Sorry, I'm just. That's not awesome. I mean, that's, that's wicked. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. And so, top, top takeaways there. If you're if you're someone who's looking for a trainer, look out for the those kind of those kind of assets. Really, it's common sense, but you know, you, you, it's, it's it's basically if you, if you like the person as well. If you like the person, you can have a conversation with them. Yeah, that's pretty. Exactly. That's pretty it's much huge, a given. Huge. That's huge, yeah, because you know that person can be able to talk to you, talk to you, you know, about life, which is actually, you know, we're not we're not life coaches, we're not really therapists, but we kind of are. So it's like just a case of someone who's going to listen to you and not really talk over you, and actually just just li- listen to what you're telling them about. Um, the questions they're asking you in, in relating to, to fitness and what you're doing outside of the gym and, and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Knowledgeable, but also personable, right? Yeah, Easy. exactly. I've seen plenty of knowledgeable trainers in the past, much smarter than me, and they can't hold a conversation with a client. It's just awkward. That's they it. haven't been picked up and, and developed their career. That's it. But most trainers are probably not going to really be doing that well, right? If they, if they can't really hold a conversation, they haven't got those people's skills. So generally those people are not going to be the ones who are busy, but, but watch out for them, right? <laughs> nah, but yeah. like at the same time, just make sure they're not, if, if you're getting pain, if you're getting pain anywhere, I know a lot of trainers do push people to, you know, push, 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 you know, regardless if you've got pay that pain on your knee, push harder, you know, if you, if you're having pain, that's a signal. You need to do something about it, right? And focus on mobility and stuff. But yeah, mate, um, go on, mate. Anything else you want to say now before we wrap it up? Yeah, just don't be afraid to, um, you, know, you know, cut your trainer off. It's, if, you, if you're looking to train with someone else and you'll feel that you're not, again, we said about being personable, if there's no relationship there and it can be a little bit awkward or you're finding that um, the trainer isn't the right one for you, then, then just be honest with them um, and cut them off. They'll, they'll get over in time to someone that you feel better for your cause, you know? There we go, man. There we go. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say to, to the people, if you could actually give me some feedback, and I would like you, if you can, just DM me on uh, Instagram is better, if you're on Instagram, at Martin Silver Fitness. So if you can just do that, 
um, because iTunes don't make it easy to leave your feedback. So, but if you can, obviously, at the same time, if you can give me a rate and review on iTunes, that's even better. But a lot of people seem to get issues doing it. All you've got to do is just search for Optimize Your Body in iTunes or in any, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, or any platform you're listening, search for it. Uh, and then on iTunes, for example, search for it, scroll to the bottom, and then click on the ratings, click on rating. Sorry, click on give review, and then it'll bring up the options for you to do so. So if you could, that would be great. Yeah, so nice one, mate. Nice one for uh, for jumping in, jumping in, mate. No worries, mate. It's good to catch up. We haven't had a chat in a while, so. I know, man. Yeah, it was great, great to catch up, mate. It's been a while. Get you back on next week or the week after. Peace, bro. Bye-bye. Bye.